Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Isaac Newton Institute podcast. My name is Dan Aspel. I'm the communications manager here at the Institute. And today I'm joined by Professor Chris Budd. Hello there. Uh, So Professor Budd is attending a current programme at the Institute. He's a uh, programme participant in the Geometry, Compatibility and Structure Preservation in Computational Differential Equations programme. Not only that, but some subjects we're going to be touching on are that you have uh, a real passion for maths communication and that a lot of your current work relates very strongly to meteorology. Uh, But as I said, you're a programme participant here at the moment. However, I've got a sheet of paper in front of me here, which has your record of all of your attendances at the Institute. And uh, you began with the inception of the Institute back in 1992. And since then, you've been really quite a regular visitor. There are a great number of programmes here. So I can hand you this list and we can can talk (laughs) through it. So to begin with, should we talk a little bit about your association with the Institute and how it's been to know it over the years? Indeed. Well, my association with Cambridge goes right back to 1979, when I came up as an undergraduate. So I studied maths. I was at St John's College and I did three years as an undergraduate and then did the fourth year, which is part three. So I got to know Cambridge very well in that time. And there's one particular person that I worked with a great deal in part three was a guy called Aria Isilis. And I'm still working with him. He's at this programme right now. <laughs> this is 40 years on from when, when I uh, came up. And um, that's been a kind of constant point of collaboration with Cambridge. So I've been visiting him and his group ever since. And so it was very natural just to fall into the Isaac Newton Institute when he got started. Yeah. And was your, your ongoing relationship... Was it uh, uh, just professional, or were you, you know, friends as undergraduates? And uh... so, Ara was the supervisor for my Part Three project, ah, okay. and he did offer me the opportunity of to do a PhD with him. Uh, but I've, I'd felt that four years at Cambridge, even though Cambridge is wonderful, was was enough, and I moved to Oxford, um, <laughs> but continued a professional collaboration with him and have written many papers with him since. Mm. What a a fruitful 40 years this must have been so far and uh, obviously you're working together now. Does this feel like the culmination of 40 years or is it just another chapter in this long work? It's it's a long programme of work so the area we're working in which is what's called geometric integration which is developing numerical methods which preserve these qualitative features of the problems you're trying to solve is just a huge thing and and we it started in in kind of small beginnings in in the 1980s and has just grown and grown and grown and we are just continuing to work on on hard problems in the area really mm. and and there there aren't uh, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because you have a, a distinguished career in mathematics <laughs> behind you. Uh, there aren't other places in the UK that can operate in quite the same way, perhaps, as what you might achieve here. Well, the, the Isaac Newton Institute is the only place in the UK which gives you the opportunity to work over a sustained period of time. So this is a six-month programme. And I'm not here every day. I'm, um, Bath is close enough that I can kind of come and go. Uh, and take part in the programme on and off. Um, there are other places, for example, the ICMS in Edinburgh, which, which have concentrated programmes of work which last a week. And, and that's nice as well. It's a different way of working. Mm, absolutely. And um, as I mentioned earlier, I've got a sheet of paper here printed off from our database. If I can hand that to you. Right. Um, you'll find your personal details, which you shouldn't read out. Absolutely. At the front. <laughs> but, Especially my age. <laughs> but, um, 
uh, a little further on, there's a, a little record of the programmes that you've attended. Yes. Are there any memories which these bring up, or, or do they in any way relate to, to what you're doing now? It's, I've put you on the spot, but I think yes. it's quite interesting. Um, well, um, you'll see the little codes here, which yes. are, are our own reference, and the names of the programmes on the left. Yes. There. So I, I think one of the, the programmes which, um, for my, my mind, was a, a real, really important one was the multi-scale numerics for the atmosphere and ocean. That was about seven years ago, mm. and that programme started for me off in a particular uh, research area, uh, which proved to be very fruitful and one of the most fruitful things about it was at that program I met uh, a chap that had uh, just done part three and was just coming along to the program because he was in Cambridge and wanted to look at it and mm. and I was very impressed with this guy he went off to do a PhD at Imperial College but um, I kept in touch and I got a big grant to work in this area and then he became my postdoc and mm. he did incredibly well he was a fantastic postdoc and and it was the grant and that work and the postdoc and the collaborators all started in that program. Yeah. So for me, that was a really important program. Yeah, and, and to us as well, I mean, all of the conversations which occur between the uh, director, the deputy director, the administrator, mm. all the senior team here, the word which always comes up is collaboration. And in yes. many ways, that's the purpose of the Institute. If we hear yes. stories like that, then that's that means the Institute has worked. Very much so. So, I mean, um, I started this joint collaboration <clears throat> between Imperial College, Reading, and the Met Office. Um, and the collaborators and the person all started at that programme. So mm. it was absolutely fantastic programme. Yeah. Um, it had a very other nice personal uh, thing that my family visited me whilst I was here and my son wandered around Cambridge and said I'd like to go to Cambridge and <laughs> the next year he went to Cambridge oh wow how exciting yeah. uh, which college did he go he to he went to Trinity oh right okay in mathematics yeah. he did mathematics yes. yeah wow okay um, so how do you feel about that being a St John's well <clears throat> uh, fellow, fellow um, I'm very happy he 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 went around Cambridge I, I said to him I'm here at the programme um, my wife and I uh, my wife and he just wandered around Cambridge and went around all the colleges and he said I want to go to Trinity and I said why do you want to go to Trinity he said well there's lots of mathematicians there so I'll be able to make lots of friends <laughs> <laughs> oh very good well, I hope it worked out and that worked well, out very well yeah. he he went on to do um, part three and now he's doing a, a PhD in maths and decided to to move away from Cambridge and he's at the um, University of Delft in Holland wow okay yeah. how exciting yeah, yeah well I, I wish him all the best obviously yeah. um I think another interesting thing to move on to is uh, you mentioned the Met Office there. Yes. Obviously, I said at the beginning that quite a lot of your work relates to meteorology. Mm. Uh, and in fact, I believe you were a workshop participant in a programme which finished last month, which was relating to landscape decision making. That's correct, which yes. Which in, in a way must tie into that, I presume. Very much so. Yeah. So why have I been involved with two programmes? Mm. So I'm very, very interested in computational mathematics which is why I'm here I'm also very interested in environmental science and the only good way I think to make kind of careful predictions of what's happening in the environment is to do careful computations and to do that you need to use really careful numerical methods so the numerical methods that we're developing in the program I'm in at the moment can then be used to look at the environmental problems that came up in the program that I participated in most recently wonderful and there's yeah. the link yeah 
And so when you hear about things like the um, IPCC doing climate modelling and looking into the future, I hope that they're using reliable numerical methods and it's the purpose of the current programme that we're in to develop exactly those sort of methods. Mm, yeah, and uh, do you tend to see similar figures? Uh, I know you mentioned earlier about a long-term collaborator, yes. but in, across those programmes, are there other people with your dual interests? So, interestingly enough, the, the people that I was mostly working with in the previous programme were statisticians at the University of Exeter, who I do collaborate very strongly with, and meteorology is a combination of mathematical modelling, of computation, but also careful data analysis and statistics. And it's the, the three bits which make it accurate. And so my collaborators in the previous programme, um, what I call the three Peters, the three uh, mathematicians from Exeter all called Peter. Um, <laughs> so I know two of them, it's Peter Challoner and Peter Cox. Yes, and there's also Peter Ashwin that turned up later in the programme. Okay, fantastic mathematicians, all of them, great, great friends, and I've been collaborating with them for years. Mm, yeah, how exciting. And, and tell me about your work within that field. What motivates you within it? I mean, it obviously has um, more obvious public impacts, mm. I think, than perhaps some mathematics does. So, well, meteorology is a really nice area to work in for two reasons the as you say has an enormous public impact so if people say what are you doing and i say forecast the weather that's kind of honest people understand <laughs> if if they say what are you doing and i say i solve partial differential equations which is exactly the same thing yeah um less so so that's one reason um the other reason is that the the mathematical challenges are enormous in meteorology and so it absolutely stretches you and pretty well Every bit of maths that's ever been invented somehow seems to be involved in meteorology somehow. And and I find that's great. And, and another really nice reason is that I collaborate a lot with the Met Office and the people in the Met Office are very good scientists and, and it's a real joy to work with them. Mm. Yeah, it's really fascinating you say that about how all branches of mathematics are involved in weather prediction because yes. um, from a layperson's point of view, you look at... Uh, at global weather systems yes. and, it, and it seems like there must be too much data to handle at all there are so many factors and there's a lot of a lot of factors uh, we estimate that to make a weather forecast you need to use you need to it takes about a billion amounts of information there's a billion unknowns mm. in a weather forecast that you need to, to work with so there's an awful lot of unknowns and actually there isn't really enough data we a typical weather cut forecast uses about a million pieces of data. Wow. Okay. So to inform those billion unknowns. Ah. Okay. And and those those, I mean that's obviously a a, a factor. It's, you know, you're mm. using you know one set to predict a thousand times as much. Yes. Uh, information. So, so, so is, is that the root of any of the unpredictability? Well, there's all sorts of reasons uh, where there's difficult to predict. One one is that it's it's actually quite hard to know what the weather is doing. So you you might say, well, it's obvious. I look out the weather window and it's kind of drizzly, which is mm. kind of what it is at the moment. Um, but that's only what's happening out the window. What's happening a mile away, I don't know. So knowing the current state of the weather is actually quite hard to get accurately. Mm. So that's one reason. Another reason is the sheer complexity of the system, which you mentioned. There's lots going on. And a third reason is that 
even with a perfect system, even if you knew it really well, after about 10 days, the effects of chaotic behavior, the um, sort of evolution of errors as you go down, they just get bigger and bigger and bigger. So after about 10 days, a weather forecast ceases to be useful as an accurate prediction. Mm. And this actually leads us on, I think, to the other point I mentioned mm. for discussion, which is about communicating maths yes. to the general public. Mm. And there probably isn't a situation where it's more apparent than that, is there, than with weather forecasting? Because every member of the public, to some degree, wants mm. to hear about what the weather's going to do. Well, I, I like to say that, that with weather forecasting, <coughs> you have to be honest every day. Because <laughs> if you get it wrong, people know. Yeah, um, And that's a little bit of a difference between that and, and the closely related field of climate forecasting, where you're trying to make forecasts 10, 100 years into the future and it's mm. much harder to, to test whether those are right or not. Ah, okay, yeah. And um, that's, how do you feel then generally about mathematics' ability or the ability of those within mathematics to, to communicate with the rest of the world? Well, I believe I'm seeing a golden age of maths communication. So uh, about 30, 40 years ago when I, when I was an undergraduate, there wasn't very much. There were a few very notable individuals, uh, Ian Stewart, Christopher Zeman, fantastic people, but they, they were in the minority. What we're seeing now is a much greater uh, community of maths communicators. So um, maths is more present on TV, um, it's more present in the media, which is great. There's still a lot more that we need to do to get it to the same level as other areas. I mean, like cooking for example but um, uh, I think we're seeing a, a huge a huge growth from from what it was a few years ago and I'm very encouraged by that yeah and, and what do you think it can offer the world what, how can it change things for the better well mathematics is increasingly important in the modern world everyone talks about big data and algorithms and the effect these have on our lives these are all mathematical things so if you go shopping and you buy things, people record what you buy, that's giving data on you, and that is processed using algorithms to, for example, give you ideas of what you might want to buy later on. Um, most people rely completely on the internet, which is all heavily reliant on maths. Uh, Google is a, a mathematical algorithm, which invented by two mathematicians from Stanford. So a lot of the technology that we are currently involved with is mathematical and it's going to get more and more so and and so understanding the role maths is playing and will play even more in the future is is i think an enabling technology it's a way of people being able to understand more about the way things are going mm, that's a, a really inspiring way mm. of putting it thank you very much um so as i mentioned earlier you're, you're here currently as part of a program mm. i believe that today you're just here for the day aren't you but only today but yeah. you will be back and I will be, be back, yes. I, I'm only here for today because I'm off to Canada on oh. Thursday. Okay. Um, there is a rival institute in Canada called the Fields Institute, <laughs> and I'm going to take part in a programme on industrial maths there next week. Mm. And um, that will be great fun, taking some of my students. But I will be back. I'll be back um, on and off quite a lot between now and December.
Oh, well, I wish you very safe mm. travels. I'm always very envious when I speak to <laughs> academics because it, the, the amount of travel involved does seem quite appealing. And, uh, <laughs> and I know that you will enjoy yourselves very much when you're uh, attending these. Well, I, if I could say, it feels like coming home to come to the Isaac Newton Institute. <laughs> and it's just so nice to be here. And just to be, uh, I'm only here for a day. Well, not quite. I was here I was here for supper yesterday, so I had supper with loads of mathematicians. Mm. Um, I've had intensive conversations already this morning and have more intensive conversations this afternoon. And that will set me up to think about lots of things. So when I come back next time, which should be for a longer time, we can really get down and do some mathematics, and I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, fantastic. Well, I, I wish you all the best. And uh, Professor Chris Budd, thank you very much again for joining me. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you as the programme progresses. I, I, I look forward to it too. Thanks so much. Thank you.